0: Here we go!
1: there, my name is Bubba. My name's Anna. And you are tuned in to Church Nerds, a Back Row morning show. And this show is made possible by listeners just like you in a strong partnership between Back Row Radio and Love Thy Nerd. Just in case you're new with us this morning, I am a founding member of Love Thy Nerd, a ministry that exists to love and serve our nerdy neighbors. And I have almost eight years experience in nerd culture missions and an over a decade, that it blows me away every time I read it, over a decade of professional Christian service on church staff.
0: You are amazing.
1: Sometimes I amaze myself.
0: Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, Don't wow
1: emoji me yeah, right now. Get out of here.
0: I am just only a professional at anything by association. Fair enough. Uh, a nerd by association. Okay. I am a Christian by choice, so there is that one. Most of my time, I spend running around like chicken with my head cut off uh-huh. because I'm really busy and just saying no to everything. All the things that I can say no to. You say because I've said yes to too many. To things. A lot of yeah. We and actually so were just busy. having
1: the conversation. What was it? Yesterday or the day before that? this is the moment in your life where you start saying no to things. Well,
0: I mean, I go through that. I, I, I am like a pendulum. Yep. So anyway, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I homeschool our kids. That takes a lot of time. I also lead, well, you know, co-lead Bible studies. We host life group in our Sometimes house. Sometimes you all
1: the way lead. Let's be real.
0: Sometimes I do. Yep. Also, I take care of lots of children um, because that's part of my paid job is taking care of children, but also I do it... Um, I guess for funsies, well, I trade, I trade, I trade childcare services with other people so they don't have to watch my children. Right. Yeah. We brought the
1: barter system back.
0: Uh, Yeah. Excellent. Um, and occasionally I try to find margin in my life for creativity and making things. So Mm -hmm. that is me.
1: Sometimes. 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 Yeah. Hey, speaking of kids, sometimes kids get sick.
0: Yes, so we're going to talk about how you were at PAX mm-hmm. uh, when Bubba goes on trips, which is a lot. Um,
1: I will be gone three times this month. That's why yes. we did not have an episode last week. So
0: sorry, you guys. Our apologies.
1: We tried really hard, but when we record was like... I was leaving the next day and it was, or maybe I left the and day. Of,
0: you left that day that we usually record.
1: It's, it's been a long week today. Yeah. So.
0: so anyway, yeah. when Bubba leaves, that means I am, you know, parenting full time by myself. I don't know how, how that's so any different. It's a little bit. Different.
1: I try to do as little as I possibly I can to why. prepare you when I'm going to be gone. I
0: will explain why it's different. So one of the things that happened this trip, so certain trips go better than others. Mm -hmm. Last trip was fine. Yeah, it was great. You guys did fantastic. This trip was a doozy. It gave me a run for my (laughs) money. So number one, you only called me twice. Actually, you called me once and I called you once.
1: It felt like more.
0: It was not more. For me. It was not more. It was not very much. And simultaneously- I thought about you every day. That does not make me feel better. Wow. While you were not calling me, Uh I was at home dealing with a stomach bug amongst the children.
1: Okay. Which
0: is like a mom's worst nightmare. Um, Like you say stomach bug and it strikes fear in the hearts (laughs) of housewives everywhere, (laughs) mothers. So um, that and
1: bed bugs, right? Like I heard bed uh, bugs are real bad.
0: Yeah, bed bugs, lice, any of that.
1: I saw a. I've heard
0: lice is better than. I bugs.
1: saw a meme that was like nurses and the coronavirus. And I'm not making light of the coronavirus, but this was the meme: nurses and coronavirus, and they're just like it was. Um, you know, uh, Tyler Durden from Fight Club. If you guys know that, that was um, uh, Brad Pitt's character, like in Fight Club. He's like least sure, so he's walking around with a cigarette in his mouth. He's just like raw, and it was like. Nurses with coronavirus and then nurses with bed bugs. And the picture was like hazmat suits and like they're hosing them down and stuff like that. No, thank
0: you. Yeah, yeah. We know some people who've been through that and that sounds horrible. Hard pass. That we sell
1: the house at that point.
0: That that would be so mean. Anyway, so we had had a little bit of it while you were home. And I thought that we just had one kid that was going to get it and we were fine. No, we were not fine. So Wednesday night, one of the kids is like, I yeah, my tummy hurts a little bit. And I'm like, oh no, oh no. So which to
1: be fair, they say that a lot. They
0: say it sometimes. Oh, they just don't to like get well. milk or whatever. They like, don't eat well. They only eat candy one night or something like that because I'm a great bad for you. mom. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, <laughs> sometimes we're just not home in the evening and they're at church and I don't know what they're doing. And they're just <laughs> eating candy and nothing else apparently. So anyway, um, I was like, "Uh oh, well, do you think you're going to be sick? He's like, no, I definitely am not going to be sick. Within two minutes, he's running for the potty, like puking. Oh, no. So um, he, he manages to catch it all in the toilet. And this is, if you can't handle puking, y'all trigger warning. Just you're going to be fine. stop listening for
1: a moment. Hey, no, don't encourage people. To stop <laughs> listening.
0: It is a funny story. Think about
1: something else. Yeah.
0: So... Usually I have an elaborate system of what to do if somebody throws up, which you're is very, Yeah, you're very good bl- at this. Put blankets on everything. If something gets vomit on it, just peel that layer up, stick it in the washing machine, and you know, you have a ready layer yeah, you, underneath. Layer two. Well, since we made it to the potty and this is our oldest child, I thought maybe maybe we're fine. Maybe we maybe I don't need to be so vigilant. Well, no, I should have been. I should have been vigilant. Um, he goes to bed and as he's going to bed, I have a long conversation with him about how he probably has a stomach virus because there's one going around uh-huh. and he'll probably be sick a few more times tonight and what to do if that happens. So if you wake up, you think you're going to be sick, try to make it to the potty, but you know what? If you don't make it to the potty, that's okay. Cause I have a special bucket for you. Absolutely. We always do buckets. You know, wake Mommy up, ha ha ha, as if Mommy was ever going to sleep through a child puking. That is not happening <laughs> and sure enough, I wake up in the middle of the night to hearing someone being sick, and I'm like, oh no, our
1: kids are very dramatic too like <laughs> i don't I don't know if you've got quiet pukers, <laughs> we do not they sound like they're being stabbed
0: <laughs> so. I go and investigate, and to my shock and horror and dismay, he has not made it to the potty.
1: Not even close.
0: He has not made it into the bucket.
1: Not even close.
0: What he has puked on is one of the family cats. (laughs) The biggest family cat
1: Practically a panther.
0: Who is very, very strong and I cannot make, he's very compliant in general, but if I ever need to make him do something, I cannot, he's too big. (laughs) And, um, he's just sitting there chilling, looking like he's being puked on, but not doing, not responding at all. And I'm like, oh no. So now. In my mind, it's like, what do I handle first? And I have no help. So usually when you're home, this is how it's different. Uh-huh. I start screaming at you from the other room. Correct. Baba, wake up. I need your help in here. And you'll And I pretend like I don't hear it.
1: You'll Roll take over. the puking
0: child to be showered or, yeah. you know, something, nothing. It's all me. And I'm like, do I handle the puking kid? Who is still not puking in his bucket. Or he has it, but he's like laying down with it. Oh,
1: God, come yeah, on, man. It, just,
0: it was horrible. Or do I handle the cat who will probably run around the house with chunks of yep. stuff on him.
1: Yep. Biohazard.
0: <laughs> so um, I pick up the cat, try to yell instructions to the child who is not awake. So here's the oh, problem. No. He sleeps so deeply and he wakes up completely disoriented, um, completely disoriented and does crazy things on a regular basis. Yeah. And that was what I did not.
1: I got some stories. That,
0: that was not. I didn't I didn't think about that. And so anyway, I tried to take the cat to the sink to to rinse it off. And the moment water touches him, he's like, no, nope. Yeah, he
1: remembered he was a cat. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Puke on me. Nope. problem. water. <laughs> get it away.
0: So then um, I'm like, this is not going to work. So I try to take him to the much bigger bathtub in the other bathroom. Yeah. And then I'm like, Maybe I, I'm still not going to be able to get him wet. So I'm yelling at Caleb. Get mommy a rag. Please get mommy a wet rag so he goes and brings me just a towel that's dry. And I'm like, "Oh, I really need a wet rag." Yeah. Also, he's completely unclothed.
1: You're lucky you got what you got out of that kid.
0: Right. He he has stripped down to nothing yep. because, you know, his clothes were soiled. And I support that, but, you know, now he's just running around clothingless and trying <laughs> in his stupor to get me like something to clean the cat, gets me a dry rag. And I'm trying to tell him, I I really need you to get it wet. And as that happens, the cat is like (laughs) jumps out of the bathtub under our bed.
1: Oh no. And I'm like, Oh no. And I'm
0: like looking under there. Kitty, kitty. Come here, kitty, kitty. And he's just licking himself off and consuming everything.
1: Ah. (laughs) Maybe, maybe you should have stopped listening.
0: I told you. Well,
1: it's too late now. It
0: was like the puke story from you know where. It was was the things that nightmares are made of. So when I finally did catch the kitty, I threw him outside because I just could not handle the possibility that this was a virus that both a feline and a human being could could get because at least the one I know is going to stay on his bed where the other one could go anywhere.
1: Anywhere. Anywhere at all. Cats don't care. Mm, they well, don't care at all.
0: So that was why it was different for you to be gone, and it was rough in the streets. Well, and so by the time you actually texted me, and I was like, "Hi!" Oh yeah, human contact, sort of.
1: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you're a little overzealous with uh, the I response.
0: Needed people, a lot of gifts. Oh, in the middle of that, mm-hmm. by the way, I hit, hit my head on our. Bed set so hard that I still have a bruise right here on my head. Oh, and I woke up the next day with just like a blinding, pounding headache. And so I was taking ibuprofen and Tylenol like in rotation, like you do when you're recovering from surgery. Uh huh. Yeah. So that I could just make it.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you were able to self medicate. That was.
0: was It was horrible, is what I'm trying to say.
1: Well, I'm glad you had a good time while I was gone. Um, How was your trip? Got some stories. Mine was better than that.
0: I can imagine.
1: Almost infinitely better than that. Yeah. I did have one weird day. Like when you're traveling and you're away, you're sleeping in a strange space. You were sleeping in? Sleeping in a strange space. I was 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 the opposite of sleeping in. When I go on trips, you stay up late. You get up early. I know. You eat trash. It's just like your body lives. If somebody were to pump my stomach, all they would have got out of it was like Kickstart Mountain Dew. Ew, like that, those are gross. the things that like keep you going.
0: Let's stop talking about the contents of our stomach. Oh, yeah,
1: that's a good point. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what the title of this podcast is. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I had one one weird day, but other than that, everything was was really fine. It was really great. We had a chance to go and just really pour into some of our friends. We worked with Skybound tabletop games and it was awesome. Like just people, the booth was hopping all the time. It was crazy. It's
0: probably hard to stay in there then if it was hopping.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the jokes. Dad jokes. Sorry for the jokes and the stomach you stuff guys. You
0: leave me with like alone for almost a week with sick children and you get what you get when you come back. <laughs>
1: I've been back for enough days that we probably should have missed I'm that show. I'm still joke. getting it out of my system. That's fair. That's fair. But anyway, it was really good for us. We got to make a lot of really good contacts. And actually, this episode is born out of conversations that we had while we were there with some of the people. So, um, but it was really great. It was fun to be there on a recon trip because we normally don't do video game shows. What we do is we do tabletop shows, not because we're Love Thy Tabletop, but it's just easy for us to sit down with somebody and build relationships, have conversations, talk about whatever. We noticed because we, we talked about it a hundred times while we were there, you're always focused on the screen. Duh, it's a video game. Right. But you don't think about that until you're trying to engage somebody in a conversation.
0: Which is funny because we spend a lot of our time as an organization. Mm-hmm. like. Trying to champion um, building relationships online. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that it's possible. And then yep. you guys are like, hey, hey guys, I'm <laughs> over here. Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk to me?
1: We actually had some, one of our guys was standing in line trying to engage somebody in physical space in the line and was finding it in, immensely difficult hmm. because of the space, right? It's like with video games, people are not necessarily used to engaging with strangers. Yeah, it
0: kinda of takes them off guard. Face to face. What if you just tell them your screen name first?
1: Absolutely. One hundred percent. Okay. Or just like shake a controller in front Instead
0: of them. Instead of having a face, like put a um a you know
1: Avatar. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um so it's just interesting. Yep, you know, I'm I'm a video gamer. Like I've that was where we basically all started was in video games.
0: What if you cosplayed? Sorry, I keep interrupting you. What I, if you cosplayed and then your whole self was man, a conversation starter?
1: I, I thought about it. Like that was one of the things that I brought up was I said, Hey Matt, maybe what if we cosplayed? And it almost oh, died.
0: I'm glad we were on the same page. Well,
1: it almost died immediately oh, because okay. it's just nah. How Cause about, you're a
0: chicken. Is how that about, what
1: you're nah. saying? Um, it, will. Maybe if I cosplayed as a chicken.
0: Yeah, why not?
1: No, it's just, it doesn't fit, bro. Like I'm not, you know me, I'm I'm not, you have a hard time getting me to dress up for Halloween.
0: Maybe you're just not the right person to go to that show.
1: Yeah, maybe not, I don't know. But there is a tabletop presence there. So it was, we got mm-hmm. to, to go in there and we did like interviews out and about and you can find all that stuff on our website um, as it gets posted. But we did find a way to do that and we did make some headway. We made a lot of really good connections and a lot of uh, fellow content creators were there as well, so we got in the space and we got to talk to people. And you know, it was really good to see other people from video games come to our space to play games. And so it immediately just creates that engagement moment. So, so Pax you better East not
0: being engaged to anybody else, well, except for me
1: and Jesus
0: and, and Jesus and Jesus. <laughs> well, I guess technically we're already married.
1: So. I am the Bride of Christ. This is getting weirder. Uh, Can it get any weirder? You told a story about our son puking on a cat.
0: I couldn't not tell that story. Could not tell it. Man, as it was happening, I'm like, oh my gosh. Is this real life? (laughs) Is this just fantasy?
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Um well, hey, you know what, guys? We're gonna take a quick break, and hope you enjoyed that little conversation. I promise the episode gets way better. Like, we're gonna we talk about. We will not
0: talk any more about those things. That's
1: the last bit of vomit,
0: unless we do.
1: Yeah, unless it comes up, we'll see.
0: We'll try not to bring it up.
1: Well, hey, we'll be back at the top of the hour to talk about how to make gaming a comfortable space for everyone, right here on Back Row Radio. <laughs> welcome back to church nerds i'm bubba i'm anna and today we are tackling the topic of creating a welcoming space in gaming for everyone
0: everyone everyone
1: everyone everyone it is a big deal this is something that if you think about it like when you're playing games even just at your house whether it's like monopoly or scrabble or trouble or chinese checkers or you're playing, you know, video games, you know, Street Fighter, whatever, I don't care, it doesn't matter. Nobody likes to not feel like they are unwelcome in a space. They they want to feel like they belong wherever they are. Right. I want to have fun. I'm here to maybe not for maybe not remember the things that happened in my day. Maybe it was such a bad day that I want to use this to get away from it all.
0: And some people do use video games specifically where you do not have a face-to-face, you know, you're you're not interfacing. Yeah, absolutely. um, As sort of, I mean, they use it because they don't feel like they can fit in in other places where, when you don't, you know, you don't, you're not judging people based on their physical appearance. You don't have to have audio on, you don't have to do any of those things. You can kind of present whatever you want to present and find space to be and to be accepted. That's why some people, that's what they love about video gaming. Oh, absolutely. Some of them.
1: They can become anything that they want online. Right. The problem is that's not always a positive thing. Correct. Um, With online space, and we're talking specifically about online gaming right now, here in the now. With online gaming comes a level of anonymity
0: Mm -hmm. that...
1: You are just another string of characters um, as a name. You are.
0: Right. You don't see someone's face. Yeah. You don't realize. I mean, it's, people seem less human sometimes. Right. And you can do whatever you want in that space now because yeah. there are less consequences tied to your actions. Oh, yeah. It, it feels like.
1: It, it normally brings out the worst in somebody um, because, hey, what are you going to do? You're not a real person. And to you, I'm not a real person. We were never going to, we're probably not even going to be in the same game lobby ever again. You know, there are millions of people playing video games out there. I'm just going to, I'm going to do whatever I want to do to you. So mm-hmm. you start seeing things like cyber bullying, you know, stuff like in games like Call of Duty and other shooters and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> there's a, a trope of like the 12 year old online that's always, you know, cussing at you and screaming about, your mom and all sorts of stuff just like really vulgar vitriol coming out of these these mouths
0: kind of horrifying and honestly yeah
1: you know, it's it's a trope of a 12 year old because there are 12 year olds out there and younger and older
0: i've definitely that heard do that. them in some streams that oh, I'm yeah. like where is your mother potty mouth <laughs> what is going Kissed on Kiss your mama
1: with that mouth absolutely it's gross uh, we also see like elitist tabletop gamers that like if you don't if you don't play to maximize your ability, um, you're a terrible trash player. Why would you do that? Uh, there are a lot of people out there like
0: that, if you don't play Gloomhaven, you're not a real player. Oof. types of people. Some
1: people, yeah, or they don't want to play your dumb little game. Like if you bring a game to a to a game group or a game night or whatever, and you're like, hey, I got this really fun little game, and they go that's not a real Real games games. only Yeah, real games only please
0: in a moment of vulnerability I do find myself being that person sometimes like now that we've been introduced to a lot of really fun and cool and interesting games and then someone's like hey guys you want to play apples to apples and I'm like "Nah."
1: yeah (laughs) I mean but we have to speak to this for just a second I think it was one of the first game nights that we did we had one of our, you know, one of the students at our church come and he brought
0: pickup pick sticks. sticks. Yes, that's one of my favorite stories. And I mean,
1: I've got <gasps> games, bro. Like I've Because got... this was
0: in the beginning, too, when we didn't realize that lots of games did not mean better game selection, that sometimes fewer is better. Yeah. So just, I mean, tables upon tables of games. I think I
1: think we had four tables worth of Probably games. Probably so. Like, Chocoball not laid out, but like boxes of games on tables. Yes. And so he looks at all of them and goes, eh, I brought a game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I spent a while going game okay. by game, like what kinds of games do you like to play? Yep. I think you might like this. I think this one's fun because of that. And they're like, N- no, that's okay.
1: Pulls I got a game in sticks. my game
0: in my backpack.
1: <laughs> I'm talking legit pickup sticks. And, <gasps> and I was I've trying to I've never played
0: pickup sticks and I'm like, is I was trying really to remember serious? the last time I did.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I think, uh-huh. you know, I, I, I went to, um, yeah, I come from a broken home. And so I went to therapy as a kid. I think the last time I played pickup sticks was in a therapy session. Like, so did I was, that
0: bring back some...
1: I don't think so. <laughs> I might've had mild flashbacks.
0: If I started asking you some really personal questions while, while we were playing, playing pickup yeah. sticks. <laughs> well, that
1: explains a lot. Um, But so in that moment, we were trying not to be like, Mm -hmm. what a waste of time, you know?
0: Might have felt that way internally. I'm glad that we did it for a little
1: bit. Pickup Six happens to be a bit more of a strategic game than most. It is people kind of hard.
0: To, yeah, yeah.
1: So all that to say, like if somebody busts out Monopoly or Scrabble or whatever, not to shame them.
0: I will shame you if you bring out Monopoly. I, I hate have that game. Monopoly. I hate that game.
1: No, we have Monopoly gamer. Like it's Monopoly is it's like but a genre. I'm talking about genre. classic
0: edition Monopoly.
1: I wouldn't do that to you, boo. Wouldn't do it to you.
0: It's rough. I don't like it.
1: Um, what about almost anyone that plays Smash Bros?
0: Smash Bros?
1: I legit had to ban that from our, our Wednesday night game, game night at, the, at our youth group. Because what happened was it was just eight people screaming at each other. <laughs> really, I mean, not even like profanity or anything like that. It got really close. And this is at our youth group, by the way. But they, they kept saying how trash the other person was, or mm-hmm. why would you do that? Oh, ha ha ha! You're always the first one out. Like, even if it's just like casual trash talk, it's just like making people so feel talking low.
0: trash. You're talking smack.
1: Uh, yes, both and absolutely.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, unless you're Kelly Kapoor, That's in which what I'm you saying. could make the, you know, the delineation between the two. Mm-hmm. Middle schoolers can't do that. They don't know how. <gasps> Bam, it's happening right now. In your face. Yeah, and I can prove it. Mm-hmm. Um uh so also Anna, you added on here any online conversation involving like Star Wars.
0: Yeah, so this is not specifically all your other examples were specifically gaming related, but we have seen a lot of problems in our community. Well, in our community and even outside of our community online. Right. With um Star Wars it's just like anytime Star Wars is brought up
1: up.
0: like the conversation turns south within three or four comments and so we start just shutting them down because it's like yeah nobody can be nice to each other it seems like it's like when for in our house there are certain things that I know are just they just bring the mean out of my children and I'm like give me that it's go- this this is going to time out because apparently y'all do not know how to behave yourselves with this thing and I hope one day you can learn to behave yourselves with oh, yeah. this thing but you cannot right now and that's how I feel about Star Wars right now.
1: Yeah, you just <laughs> want to take Star Wars away from the you, internet.
0: When you can learn to discuss this responsibly we will unban this conversation yeah, but, but now, now is you're not grounded. That time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just I don't know it people become very elitist like you are a real fan you're not a real fan, right. if you were a real fan, you would realize that this episode was garbage because of that or that this character, whatever.
1: Yeah, you know. which is why I was very grateful for The Mandalorian. I felt like that was equal playing field for everyone. People who thought that they were better than, than one side could come together and both could agree that The Mandalorian was... The Star Wars we had hoped for.
0: Because baby Yoda.
1: Baby freaking Yoda, man.
0: I still actually have only seen one episode of The Mandalorian. Oh,
1: I can fix that. I, well, mm, um, Star Wars is night. not. My date day. We'll watch all of it in no. one
0: day.
1: That's kind of my superpower. Be able to watch <laughs> all of them. I
0: just don't have time for that, man. Saying no to things. We already talked about that.
1: So, in general, like the gaming space, I would say, um, can be a very toxic place for almost anyone. We say that all the time with Love Thy Nerd. Like, we are trying to inject positivity into an otherwise fairly toxic environment. And it's not a one-to-one. It's not just because it's gaming-related, it's going to be no, nasty.
0: But it, it it like we talked about, it does create that space because because oh, yeah. you don't see people's faces. You don't see their reactions. Yeah, And so...
1: Your filter just disappears. All of the normal social filters are gone. Absolutely. Um, Everyone becomes the enemy. And of course, I'm I'm painting in superlatives, but if you're in a negative mind space, if things do not go your way, the person on the other end is the enemy, even if they're on your own team.
0: Right. I was going to say that co-op games are so helpful with this as far as like, if it's a tabletop game, but online, you yeah. do, like, people say really mean things to each other on their teams because you let somebody down and that means you're the worst. Oh, so.
1: yeah, absolutely. So, like, online gaming is a bit different than face-to-face gaming, but in competitive spaces, the same thing rings, rings true. So, like, a lot of competitive gaming is done face-to-face. And even if it is... Oh,
0: yeah. Like you're there in chairs right yeah, by each other. Yeah, you're sitting right next to somebody. Those you know? people are quiet.
1: Sometimes.
0: Are they not? I've only seen the quiet <laughs> ones.
1: Ooh, I watch a lot of like I, I watch <laughs> yeah, a lot of competitive <laughs> gaming. I watch a lot of competitive it's gaming.
0: Nerd reality TV. I guess it must is what be. It is.
1: And there is a lot of stuff that goes on. But I will tell you this. We'll, we'll come back to that in just a second. But I'll, I'll tell you this. That, like, spoiler alert. People do not like to be bullied. No. They don't like to be cut down. They don't like to be felt like all of the time and effort that they may have put in, especially in a competitive space, pro space, that they are trash because they're not as good as you are. Or mm. because they made a mistake, or because the circumstances of this particular game were different than the one before. You know, it it not everything lines up all the time. Just because you know the game doesn't mean you're going to be able to Always be better than the person across from you. That's why there are so many tournaments for people to be able to get in. And it's not one tournament that crowns the winner. Mm. Um, it's usually points based. So you have to win X number of points in a tournament like bracket. So over the course of a year, you're gaining points to then be in the final tournament, you know, whenever it is. So in August of 2018, um, a pro video game tournament for the game Madden twenty nineteen, which is a the NFL you know football game. If you guys aren't familiar with that, was held in Jacksonville, Florida, and a competitor who had been eliminated from play um, actually came back roughly ten minutes later and killed two people and wounded more with the handgun. Um, this was the largest mass shooting at a video game comp- competition ever. Um, and I know I say ever like it, it's been so long since this has been a thing, but there are so many. I'm telling you, there are so many of these things every year for every game. Shootings? No, like competitions. Like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There okay. are there are not this many shootings. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm I'm hard pressed to think of another one that that has another. happened. Ugh, I don't know. But one happened,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and. The guy who did it, um, he, you know, reports came out that he was, you know, suffering from, you know, uh, you know, a, a mental and sociological stress and disorders and all sorts of stuff. But like I said, I watch a lot of this stuff, and I, honestly, I watch a lot of Madden. I'm not, I don't play Madden. I watch a lot of stuff for games I do not play, just because watching professionals play kind of helps me understand the game better. And if somebody wants to come and talk to me about Madden, I can talk about Madden.
0: I think what you mean is those are your stories.
1: They're my stories. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So in this particular one, um, this guy, um, I'm not going to share his name or anything like that. If you want to go and and do the research, I've given you all the information you need to go and find it. We're not even going to share it in the show notes because I don't want to glorify this or make light of it or anything like that. What I want to draw attention to is at these events, these professional gamers talk trash back and forth mm-hmm. all the time. Same thing happens on a football field or, you know, on a hockey rink or, you know, wherever in any other sport. And if you're watching the XFL right now, everybody's mic'd out there, which is a stupid idea. Yeah. Um, because they're having to, you know, hit the, you know, hit the, the bleep, mute button. The bleeping button. Yeah. Every other second, it seems like. But we get to see these guys interact with each other and it's younger guys. Some of them are older. Some of them you know, are honestly in their, you know, upwards to their forties. But a lot of these guys are real young. This particular guy was 24 years old, um, that, you know, that committed this, uh, you know, this atrocity.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I was still in the XFL.
1: Oh, no, 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 not okay. the XFL. Got it. Yeah. In men. In
0: okay. Yes. Yeah. Most of those are young men.
1: Absolutely. And so, this is what they've known, like video gaming, and this is their life, this is their profession, this is what they've known for the better part of their adult life. And so, maybe they don't know how to deal with things, or maybe they, they do have you know, um, you know, mental issues or something like that, that may or may not be regulated by you know, pharmaceuticals or anything like that. But if you add in negativity and toxicity, and trash talk mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff into that, like you don't know. Even if it is sarcasm, or if it is meant in jest, or if it's just "haha, hey man," you know, you, man, you, dude, you really, really sucked,
0: right? You so, know? like, are the things that you're saying diffusing a right. potentially devastating situation, or tossing or gasoline yeah. onto the flames? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, you see that online all the time. And they call it flexing online, um, and you know, in the gaming Didn't know space,
0: there's a term for it.
1: Yeah, and so yeah. it's it's when somebody when somebody does something in a game or says something or stands up or whatever, like it's a flex. It's mm-hmm. like them flexing their muscles of look how big and strong and good I am.
0: So the same like in a boxing ring to
1: yeah to a taunt or something yeah, like that. That's yeah, what it yeah. is, and it's meant to throw the other person off. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually not a bad strategy as far as throwing the other, your opponent you off just their game, get in their head. That's exactly yeah. what it is, and it's very effective. But it doesn't do anything to make them feel like a better person or to build them up or for them to find value and self-worth.
0: Right, because your goal is to beat them, to usually. Bring them down and as so. as low as possible. So you're not trying to get them, to, you're trying to get them to make emotionally-based decisions or mm-hmm. not have great strategy or something. And so rage, you're trying to make them ragey. Right. On purpose.
1: And so in this particular instance, it may not have been just that one time. It may have been probably more... Uh, more likely was a culmination of things leading up to this point. But to stress the toxicity in gaming, again, I'm not saying that this was the be-all end-all, but it definitely didn't help because I've seen so much of it happen in person and online and watching on Twitch and all sorts of stuff that there are like officials, especially in the Madden community, there are officials that have to come over and put their hand on people's shoulders and go, hey man, you can't do that. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. they're not thinking, hey, this guy's going to come in, you know, and do something you know, crazy. They're thinking sponsorships and people that are paying them for, you know, this stuff to put uh-huh. the tournament on. But we have seen now that this kind of thing can lead to it. And there are there reports of heckling and all sorts of stuff like that because that's what happens in the space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And these are some of the results that we can see from so people. When you just
0: decide that that's part of the game, it's like, but is that actually a a good, you know, a, a legitimate kind of like in football? The yeah. rules are back and forth all the time about you can celebrate, you can't celebrate, you can't yeah, do this, you absolutely. can't do it. those things change all the time because yeah,
1: unsportsmanlike it's like, conduct.
0: What is going to be beneficial to our players, our teams, our audience and stuff like this this is acceptable behavior this isn't acceptable behavior because this or this or that does not you know this does or does not bring anything to the table absolutely you know positive
1: yeah it's it's devoid of positivity it's it's devoid of self-worth it's devaluing of people it really is and especially when you just have no idea what that person is going through
0: yeah. Like every, every
1: single person on the planet is a sum of the moments that have led up to this moment in their life. And when you can think about that, sometimes you have a hard time, especially in competitive situations because you're trying to win. But if you can think about that when it's happening, every interaction you have with somebody gaming or otherwise, they are a sum of the moments that have led up to this moment in their life, the same way that you are. And you had a bad day or a rough year or your mom just passed away or whatever. Like it's not just today, (laughs) you know, like things don't happen in a vacuum. Yeah.
0: Uh, the other day I was telling a friend, um, she was talking about, she's, she's a doctor and she was on call and she was grocery shopping and just had to like leave her stuff because she was called to the hospital and I was like, you know what, next time I'm walking through the grocery store and I see someone has left a container of raw meat on an unrefrigerated (laughs) shelf, instead of judging that person, I'm just going to think it was probably a doctor. Yep.
1: Got called (laughs) in. That's it.
0: (laughs) But yeah, you don't know. I think sometimes it's easy to be like, this person's a jerk and not think, you know what, they might've just had a really hard day. And if I don't respond like a jerk, like I don't. Return fire with fire, because we feel like that's our right to stand up for ourselves and defend ourselves. If we respond, Proverbs talks about um, when we that harsh words just stir up anger, but that a gentle answer turns away wrath. Yep, Um, that our our words we have the power to diffuse a situation, or we have the power to explode it, and so that's what we're, that's what we're seeing here. That's what we're trying to get at eventually with this conversation.
1: Another example of bullying um, and devaluing is called Gamergate. You may not have ever heard of Gamergate. And honestly, I'm kind of glad uh, because it was a very toxic thing. But since it's we a talk
0: black mark in on the oh, history of video gaming, big
1: time. Well, it's it's a black mark that uh, the pen has not been <clears> picked <throat> up off the paper yet, so okay. it's it's still happening. Um, but since this is church nerds and we're trying to you know help educate people of the crossover between you know church culture and nerd culture, I want to let you know about Gamergate. Gamergate was a 2014 online campaign that used the hashtag, hashtag #gamergate. Um, to target women in the gaming space in an effort to force them out of the industry. And this consisted of massive, like copious amounts of cyberbullying towards women via Twitter and Facebook, as well as on uh, Twitch live streams. And probably on YouTube as well, and really anywhere that women were talking about or even just existed online uh, as far as the gaming space went. Uh, it started out with video games, and then quickly moved to tabletop, and really just anything else—comic uh, books, anything that a woman was in the nerdy space. It was all kind of wrapped in under gaming. Like, gamer game. Yeah. Um, many women received death, death threats. Um, and like that was that was the big one, right? Uh, think of everything. There are words that I'm not going to use, but think of think of everything below they received all sorts of threats in that vein Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And this actually resulted in the FBI's involvement in a full-fledged investigation into the people behind the movement. And like I said, the ripples, uh, you know, the pen has not been picked up, so the ripples of Gamergate can still be felt today in some areas of gaming um, with its roots really being planted in misogyny. Like, you're not a man, you can't do the things that men can do, you stop trying. You don't belong here. This is a man's world. Why are you here? It's me. Yeah, there's a whole song about it. Um which I mean is severely ridiculously devaluing to women. Yeah. Because it's just not true. There right. are there are tons and tons and tons of games out there that women have been involved in or have been the head of or are CEOs of companies heads of divisions, all sorts of stuff that they have created these experiences that you love, you absolutely love. Um, I think of, you know, like uh, Elizabeth Hargrave. She, she made a game called Wingspan. Oh. And, you know, that game is, you know, a game about birdwatching, a tabletop game about birdwatching. That's absolutely fantastic.
0: It is way more interesting than it
1: sounds. It is. It's an engine builder where every... Every round you get better and, you know, you get get better at watching birds. You you create more things and you actually do better at the game. Like it is a wonderful, fantastic experience that the game world was like, uh, Mm yup, that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Nobody would have saw it coming. And the fact that it was created by a, you know, a female developer, nobody was like, oh, well. But,
0: I was going to buy that game, but yeah. now.
1: So for people to hop on board with hashtag Gamergate and try and force women out of the space, really because they're women, um, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Earlier I mentioned that I was at PAX, uh, PAX East this past weekend in Boston, and there I had a chance to meet Heather. Uh, Heather is a fiance of a, a really good friend of mine, and she absolutely loves video games. And in particularly, um, she is fond of the Halo franchise, which I mentioned just a second ago. She's also very interested in like the pro gaming circuit as well as online competitive space. So, um, she finds it really hard to do anything online because if she has a bad game, the fact that she's a woman seems to be the reason that her teammates cite.
0: Yeah. Well, so you could, when I think about this, I think about people going under a pen name either you know they were a man and they used a pen name a woman's pen name or a or a man's pen name because they felt like in whatever that genre was they would be more taken more seriously absolutely and you see that online where it's like i can see why people would not even like if you can't if heather cannot be taken seriously and and being a woman always comes up because i'm non-confrontational like I know I we have some friends that they are just all about having oh, yeah. that conversation yep, let's and go they for it. will fight it to the death. I am not that person. Nah. And I would be the kind of person that's like, "You know what? I'm going to choose either something very un- androgynous to represent me online or even just straight up yeah. make a more masculine character profile or something because I don't want to be judged that way or I just don't I just don't want to have that conversation every day.
1: She said that um, she did change her name. She actually changed it to be like overtly feminine um, mm-hmm. because now she's like leaning into it, right? Because, like, yeah. yeah. Don't scare me out of the space. Yeah. But she would say that- I'm
0: going to make it uncomfortable for you to call me out on this. Basically. Because you're, we're going to have a fight about it.
1: Basically. <laughs> um, but she did say that anytime that she would get on the mic, They would say, oh, are you, you know, a 12 year old boy or are you a woman? Like they were already leaning into tropes, which, which way am I going to hate you? Yes. You know, kind of a deal. And
0: neither one of those things ends with like, I think we're going to be really good friends.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's not uplifting at all. Yeah. Um, So she actually, um, she mentioned that uh, the professional gaming space is something that she feels really um, should be a level playing field. Um, seeing as there's literally no physical barriers in which uh, a man can overcome something that a woman can't because mm-hmm, it's um, not like
0: you, there's any um, proclivity to like being more athletic yeah, or you don't anything need to be, like that online
1: you don't need to be strong you don't need to be big you don't need to be anything other than just good at the game like
0: a, a problem solver
1: anybody can put time with in good muscle
0: memory oh yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely anybody can put time in uh in what they call the lab so that's Literally, just like sitting in front of the game and spending time with it, in uh, you know, a lot of times they'll have specific scenarios that they're running or you know playing against a certain character if it's a fighting game or whatever, or running the same map over and over and over again to learn all of the you know intricacies of it. Anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be a man or a woman. Anybody can play at a competitive level. Mm-hmm. Yet there still seems to be this invisible barrier for women to get into this thing. So she was telling me about a panel at PAX called Women in Esports. And this panel talked about the challenges that women face in this arena and possible ways to overcome them. It was not a gripe session uh, where they came together to just like communally lament about, oh, why can't women? My
0: pet peeve. Absolutely. That drives me crazy.
1: This was a space that was used to rally and encourage women not to give up on their dreams and really to fight for the things that are important to them in the gaming space. Mm-hmm. And obviously, outside of the gaming space as well, because empowerment is contagious. Mm-hmm. Confidence is contagious. Right. Yeah.
0: Because it's not, even though they're talking about doing it within this circle, we, we know The media has told us we are aware that this is not limited to within gaming culture or video gaming culture, that it touches a lot of other, of other areas. Absolutely does. Education and like jobs Mm -hmm. and, you know, all kinds, all kinds of places.
1: Yeah. So talks like this are exactly why Love Thy Nerd exists. We want to do our best to help everyone know that they are special. They are loved and they are important regardless of their race, their sexual orientation, their gender identity, religious views, marital status, or even their gaming ability. Everyone is welcome at our lobby and at our table. We think that this is exactly what Jesus would do. And if you come back next hour, we'll do our best to show you why we feel that way about that statement. So do us a favor, sit back and enjoy some awesome music. We'll be back right here at the top of the hour on Back Row Radio. Round two, fight. welcome back to church nerds in our last segment we talked about a huge problem within gaming and nerd culture that consisted of elitism and exclusion but it's not like that's not all it was it's it's more than that those are just two phrases uh two terms that might help you kind of Wrap your head around that. So in this segment, we want to talk about where we fall in the discussion as Christian nerds. Does this portion of culture jive with all of our things and with us and our call to follow Jesus? Uh, what can we do about it? And what power do we have over effecting change? Like, What are the actual practical steps that we can take? And what are some biblical backing that we have in taking those steps. And uh Anna, you wrote a bunch of stuff here, so.
0: I, yeah, I have this problem where I write too many things, so. It's true. Buckle up, buttercup. <laughs>
1: I don't think that's, okay, yeah, continue.
0: Okay. Well, so the reason that this matters is because of Jesus. Because oh, okay, Jesus, <laughs> well, that's the podcast, guys. Jesus is the answer yep. for the world today.
1: Sometimes the Sunday school answer is Jesus actually the right answer. Is yeah. the answer. So,
0: I mean, if you read the Gospels at all, you see that Jesus did not teach exclusion. He taught inclusion. Yeah. Um, now, the Israelites, so if we're going to dive into some biblical history for just a second. I'm ready. The Israelite people up to this point, um, they were really good at exclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, there's a verse in 1 Peter um, that talks about how we are a peculiar people. Yeah. Um, we're kinda different from the world. Um, they were they were the chosen nation. They were, you know, they were different from everyone around them, which was a right. good thing because they needed to be different. God had told them to be different because the cultures surrounding them were kinda horrible. The worst. Um, and so they kind of vacillated between we're different and that's good because we're better than everybody else. And man, we really want to do what everybody else is doing. (laughs) Come on guys. I just want to fit in. So they would, you know, chase after foreign gods. They, you know, eating the foreign foods that were also horrible for them. Um, customs and practices that are just really icky. God was like, shut it down. Y'all need to not be doing those things. Um, and, and the reason for it is that Those just were not good for them on a government structural level, on a moral level. It just didn't lead to them being a healthy nation or healthy individuals. And so in a sense, they're, you know, they were different and it was good. But the problem was when they took that to being, we are different and so we're better. Yeah. Um, Superiority
1: complex here.
0: For sure where their headspace was at when Jesus entered the scene.
1: Which was a hard place for them not to be if we're being real. So like if the God of the universe has come down to you and said, you are my holy people set apart. Mm -hmm. You are a priesthood. Like every, like you guys are the cream of the crop. It, I can see how from a human standpoint, it would be hard not to go.
0: Yeah, I am amazing. You're right. You're right, Lord.
1: Well, if they're, if I am and they're not, then we'll just keep them away.
0: Well, but interestingly, if you do read the law, it was actually, you know, there was a lot of inclusion written in um, how they were supposed to treat right. foreigners. Can't say the word, foreigners right. among them.
1: Foreigners. Even
0: though when we compare the way they treated women, then, to the way they treat them now, sure. it's kind of like a lot of people who are out to challenge you about the Bible will bring that up. But if you really actually study it and you really know what was going on at the time, um God was working them into a different place, sure. which was to treat women more honorably, more respected, and that kind of thing um than what was going on it, it like revolutionarily so oh yeah absolutely. at that time um. And so at this time when Jesus came, they were, uh, there, were, there was a lot of political stuff going on. They were actually, they didn't know it yet, but they were on the brink of an extermination attempt. Yet yeah. another one because there have been many. Um, and so they were really in like survival, hang on to what we know mode like it is god and it is us and everybody else like we want to be the sole survivors out of all of this absolutely um and so jesus came onto the scene and then turned everything on its head because he introduced this idea well this true it wasn't just an idea he introduced them to the truth which was that your birth your social standing your gender your occupation or what you are physically capable of, you know, birth defects and Mm -hmm. all of those kinds of things. Those don't matter anymore in, in the kingdom of heaven. They matter in the world, but in, in God's kingdom to be little is actually, you know, to be little in the world is to be mighty in the kingdom of heaven. Right. And so, you know, the Beatitudes blessed are those who mourn and are persecuted and Mm -hmm. hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Those are the people who are the lucky ones. And people are like, what? So this concept of hospitality and inclusion and open space at the table is important to us as believers because that was important to Jesus. So he did spend time in solitude. Basically, anything you find yourself leaning to and you're like, Jesus did this. It's like, yeah, he did do that. He also did a lot of other things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Broaden your horizon. We can't just be monks living Absolutely. in a commune. Um, we cannot be social all the time. Sometimes we need to have solitude. Um, he did have an inner circle of 12 people because relational capacity is a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also see him, you don't have to look very far in the gospels to find examples of him reaching out and, and including people that um, religion was pushing away, that his disciples were pushing away, that the crowds were pushing away. Um, When, the people around him really were wanting to function as his security guards and be like no no no, no. you got yeah. jesus is really busy right now Absolutely. Y'all, you can't you can't talk to him right now um so uh and also really challenging um within organized religion all of the elitism happening there which was a lot so some of the examples i mean i was looking through like you know what are some what are some examples in the gospel this is not a comprehensive list because mm, it nope. just goes on and on and on. But like Jesus and the children, when the disciples were like, no, 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 you hey can't. Hey, kids.
1: Get out of here. Get out of here. And
0: Jesus was like, oh, no, 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 you hold on. <laughs> I want to hang out with them. This is important. Yeah. You can really learn something from these people.
1: Let all the little children come to Let me. Let
0: the little children come unto me and hinder them not. Yeah. Uh. Zacchaeus. That wee little um, man. The wee little man. Wee little Zacchaeus hanging out in his tree. We talked about him a couple weeks ago um, yeah. when we were talking about its personal. Uh, the calling of Matthew, um, who ended up being one of his twelve. But yep. right after that happened, Matthew, the sinner tax collector, yeah. was like, Hey, I'm really excited about this. Let's have a party. And invited all of his tax collector sinner friends, and people were like, Oh Jesus was <laughs>
1: this got I was on board with, <laughs> with
0: you until right now. Um, well, we
1: don't talk about Matthew very often in that he was a traitor to his own people. Right. Like that's As something, was Zacchaeus. Yeah. Something that gets kind of swept under the rug. These 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 money changers, these tax collectors, these guys, they were
0: almost worse than being a Gentile in the first place.
1: Yeah, they were they were Jews that sold out. Basically, yeah, they, they were hired by the Romans to go and collect money from their own people. So it was.
0: You are one of us and you are oppressing us.
1: Absolutely. And that
0: just hurts all the more. Yeah.
1: Big time sellout. Yep. But Jesus is like, Hey, do you want to you wanna come hang out for a couple <laughs> of years? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> just indefinitely. Yeah. Uh, we also see him having a conversation with a Samaritan woman. So double whammy because. Dude. She was a woman and men just did not have personal conversations with women at that point in time. And she was a Samaritan woman, which Mm -hmm. again was like almost worse than a Gentile, maybe a step above. I don't know.
1: That whole story is just chock full of cultural and social like norm explosions.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So that story of the woman at the well is huge for me because that's exactly how we do ministry with Love Thy Nerd, is we say, hey, what is the well? What's that space where people normally gather? And who are the people that are coming to that well? Maybe as a Christian, a lot of people will say, don't go there, you need to stay away. We have a lot of people that, and you may be one of those people, and I'm, I'm not talking down to you, but I hope to, to kind of expand your thinking about this. Um, don't play video games because that's stuff that, that children should do. Or if you have kids that are playing games, they're spending and wasting their time playing all these video games. I would challenge you to think just a little bit differently about those spaces because there are people that meet there that if Jesus had not gone to that well, if he had not met them in the space where they, they congregate, her life would not have been changed. And so we have to go to those places in order to do that. What we don't do is stand out on the edge of town and shout at the people that are around the well, telling them to come to us. Hey, come to come to my potluck. If you come to my potluck, I'll tell you about Jesus.
0: Don't hate on potlucks. I happen to
1: love potlucks. Who doesn't love a potluck, right? But what I'm saying is like, hey, co- come to my Sunday morning church service. And if you come to my Sunday morning church service, then we can have a real conversation and, it could come to my Bible study. It's, mm-hmm. where where are you? What are you doing? How can I engage you where you are?
0: Yeah, I mean, this, this story goes, you can study it and go super deep. But that, you know, she was there because she needed something. She needed something that day. Mm-hmm. She was there to get it. And so when we're talking about, if we're going to talk about the well, yep. it's like, you're in this place. What are you looking for?
1: Yeah, what do you need? And
0: how can I help you find the eternal solution to that?
1: Absolutely. Problem?
0: So- Yeah, it's a good one. That's a good story. Um, I think, too, as we're talking about this uh, idea of reaching and finding, you know, people that normally, you know, the good people, they were not hanging out with them. The birth of Christ in the beginning, you know, was announced to people who were not good enough.
1: Absolutely. So
0: the shepherds, people did not hang out with them. They were stinky people. Mm -hmm. They were uneducated people. They just were not, they were going to do nothing for you on your, like, quest to having social status, Right. (laughs) So just know, but that's who, those were, those were the first visitors of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. Um, as well as, you know, it being broadcast in the stars to astrologers. Yeah
1: um it was like a like a secret message.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One of the first escape rooms right there.
0: Yeah, just, yeah. I mean I, that always throws me for a loop because I'm like these were not people like god-fearing people no. yet this would, but they knew. But they yeah. knew. Um we have in as far as religion specifically is concerned, um the story of the the widow's mite where, you know, yep. she Lots of people are giving lots of big gifts, and she comes and gives this tiny one. And Jesus is like, "She gets it." Yeah, she her gift is way bigger than any, any of y'all's. And they're like, "What?"
1: Wait that a second, make any,
0: do you know how to math, man? <laughs> do um, you even math? Bro? The the cleansing of the temple when Jesus comes oh, in, man. With little,
1: whoops, yeah,
0: like, you are, and this was a big one. This was a big one because it was people, church people essentially taking advantage of the people who were coming up empty handed, coming up short and finding a way to, it was, they were just driving him deeper into the ground, honestly. And uh, it was just awful. Yeah, Taking
1: advantage and extortion and all mm -hmm, sorts of stuff. mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so Jesus shut that mess down. um, And eventually at his crucifixion, the tearing of the veil um, between like, you know, it was just that the high priest could come here at one time, yeah. nobody else. And now suddenly it's an open table Anybody to have come. community with God. Absolutely. Um, depending on the, now, you know, with the qualifier, all of these things are people who are seeking um, the Lord. There are people that Jesus came across that I, that didn't get it. Yeah. But, but, but he started the conversation with them or, or had the conversation with all of these people, which was more than what was happening up until this this point. Um so so we see that it's important to Jesus. Oh and yeah and that is why it's it needs to it needs to be important to us.
1: It's him coming back in and creating a level playing field. He's he it's topsy to world. You mm-hmm. know, he he's even, you know, you can read through scripture, he says things like you've heard it was written, but I now say like an eye for an eye, you know, but I say, you know, not not anymore, not today. And so, like, he changes the scene of how people view the, th- the very thing that he created and set up from the very mm-hmm. beginning.
0: He, you know, God made those laws, but they had been being interpreted so poorly. Yeah, so for centuries. very bad. And so he's, he's, he's fulfilling it yeah. and giving them the full story. And then they're like, oh, dang. We, this is way harder than we, we thought we had it in the bag and suddenly I feel like we don't.
1: Well, and then we start to get things, you know, later on in the gospels of, you know, there are, there's no male or female, there is no Jew or Greek. Like it, it, we are the children of God. Like that's, that's what it is. We are all heirs in this kingdom. Like we are children of God. So the elitism that we've set up just Doesn't exist. We created the hierarchy where there did not need to be one
0: and are still doing it. Absolutely. It is really hard to. I mean, that's just a personal thing that you have to, every person, every believer needs to work through with God because it (laughs) sneaks in so easily. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Because we are just on this quest to make our kingdom great, make our name great. And how do I be
1: better? Yes. And in doing so, what it ultimately does is when you elevate yourself above somebody, it puts them lower. Like that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. If you go up, somebody has to go down. Mm-hmm. So as Love Thy Nerd, we've been asking ourselves, like, how can we affect change in this space? In gaming, in, you know, tabletop, video game, comic books, whatever, like in the nerd space, how do we affect change? And specifically in video games, one of the ways that we are actually looking to to do this is to create online spaces like in game for people to be able to come and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is a safe space. Um, People will not cut you down. Um, They will not want to make you feel small. They will not make you feel stupid for not understanding like this high level strategy that took you like 40 hours to master. They won't do that. Our Facebook community is a place where we've already been workshopping this, where if something happens, you mentioned it earlier, if something crops up, like a comment or a thread or whatever, we shut that mess down because we've seen it before. Mm-hmm. We know this is not going to end the way that you hoped yeah, it would. Yeah, I
0: know people misunderstand that sometimes. They're like, oh, you're my free speech. You're just trying to censor me, but it's like, Really, we have seen this over and over again, and that's just going nowhere good, man.
1: Yeah. The first or, or woman, the first guideline that, that I wrote for our community was a safe place for all. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that is the thing that brings people and keeps people in our community because you can go anywhere else on the internet and just bleh about the thing you want to talk about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This place, we want to be a, a space where people. Christians and non-Christians alike can come and talk and nerd out about their favorite fandom, whatever. So making a safe space for people is something that we have workshopped and have started to work through with our Facebook community. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing that for the better part of six years now.
0: Yeah, it's been a minute.
1: For, you know, when we were game church, I was community manager there. And now, you know, being a founder of this organization with Love Thy Nerd, really refining that over the years, what we want to do is take that same attitude and move it into the gaming space online so that when you see our logo or you see our name, it's synonymous with safety. Um, So even if we get a whiff of something going south we're going to shut it down even in those spaces the same way that we would in our Facebook community. And that may look a hundred different ways. It may be like um, if you are playing Halo, that maybe there's a a group that you you can join out there that waves the LTN banner. Or if you are playing like Red Dead Redemption 2, maybe there's a posse that you can join that dons the old cyan and magenta. Um, which actually is a legitimate thing that uh, Matt, Kate, and I are are trying to do, mainly because we want to play games together, and we're all going to try and do create the the free play posse. Um, uh, free play posse. Yeah, and so just whatever it looks like, wherever you are, um, we want to create spaces where you are that enhances what we're trying to do, which is seeking to preserve unity, and sometimes that means doing hard things.
0: Well, and I I. I believe that obviously this is something that anybody can do. You can do it with Love Nerd, but you could do it yourself.:
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Um, because even before all of this began, since we've been together pretty much, you have been engaging people in game, yeah um and just being a nice person, basic you know is is basic human decency, basically yep. Uh, which is like, is that too much to ask? But apparently, yes, yeah. sometimes it is um, because people notice and they always have like, hey, thanks for just being nice. Yeah. Um, and, and I think um, <laughs> we we focus a lot um, in our church, um, you know, if you're dealing with kids and you're talking about doing everything, like whatever you say and whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus. Yep. Um and you always are like, what it, What is it that you like to do? And it's kind of been sad to me over the years. Um, there are certain acceptable answers to that question and certain unacceptable answers to that question. Right. So if they're like, "I like to play basketball," you're like, "Yes." How can you say or how can you play basketball to the glory of God? Can you can just, just point your finger at, the, at heaven the of Jesus. every time that you are that you make a good play and write, you know. I can do all things through Christ who yeah. strengthens me on your shoes and you can, you know, just tell everybody it's you did this for God. Yeah. Um, or whatever. Yeah. We have no end to the things you could do in a sports uh situation sure. that are for the glory of God. But when, Absolutely. when kids like, I like I'm really good at video games. And yeah. then they're like, Well, what else can you do?
1: Yeah. No. Um
0: that I have witnessed that many, many times. Oh, yeah. Well, what else can you do? Um, and I'm like, no, let's unpack that. Let's talk about what you could do. How could you play video games to God's glory? Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things that I talk about is you can stand firm Mm -hmm. in a culture that is cutting people down and you can practice using kind words. You can practice being encouraging. Yep. You can even talk to people about Jesus in those, in those situations. Um, But just being like we've we've had um, not with love thy nerd, but I know for a while game church had some leagues going on and Mm -hmm. different things, um, and clans, and I don't know all the names for them. But of people who were believers, who were also decent gamers, and the thing that is different is that a lot of times if you're not a very good player and you come into those situations with a bunch of seasoned players. They're just mean to you and they'll oh, find yeah. a way to get you off of their team instead of saying, hey, let me teach you how to play this game. That's okay that you're not yep. great at it. We're going we're gonna to get you from, you know, this level to this level and we're going to encourage you the whole time. And people are like, whoa, what is this? Yeah. And it's like, those are the guys you want to play with. Absolutely. Those guys are the guys. Um, we've seen that over and over again. Oh, yeah and that's that is something that we can do if you're a gamer. Yep. That's that's pretty doable.
1: Or if you know somebody who is a gamer. Like, you know, I I've mentioned very briefly before my story was I can either do something while I'm doing nothing or I can continue to do nothing while I'm doing nothing playing video games.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that was the that was the turn. You know, with Game Church, what we had done was we tried not to set up legitimate game church clans or guilds or whatever. We would encourage people, Hey, go. guild.
0: That's the word I can right. think yeah.
1: of. We would, we would encourage people to go into other guilds and or clans or whatever groups and just affect change there with love, thy nerd. The, the way that we're changing it is based around this conversation. Cause it, the, the space has evolved or devolved depending on what your, your view of it is. It has changed that, now we need a space that's synonymous with safety. Mm-hmm. We, need a, we need a Red Cross movement in that people know that this is where you can go to find help.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: this is what we're trying to create.
0: What's like the, it's like um, the steeple back in the day yeah. being... You knew if you could find a place with a steeple, you could go to that place for help. Absolutely. You would find sanctuary there from whatever you were running from.
1: That's exactly what we want to do is we want to create sanctuary Mm -hmm. for people in the gaming space to be able to enjoy the things that they love. And I can guarantee you that with LTN at the helm, you know that they're going to learn about the love of Jesus that knows absolutely no bounds. We talk a lot about passive discipleship and that's what you're talking about, about being just being positive in a negative space, like standing up against the things that the world says are okay to continue and being like, no, I, I don't think that we should treat these people like that. I,
0: it's not cool.
1: Yeah, it's not. I mean, like, these are the things that Jesus would do. We're going to continue to do that.
0: Drawing, drawing a line in the sand. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, you know, we talked about St. Francis of Assisi, you know, at all times, preach the gospel if necessary, use words. I think this is what it truly means. I don't think he was thinking about video games, but it's like, be Jesus all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time, be Jesus. And if you absolutely have to, or if the time is right or whatever, use the name of Jesus. Invoke that name. Take the power that comes with that and use it. But you shouldn't have to always be bringing up the name of Jesus in your conversation 24-7 mm-hmm. to be Jesus 24-7. Right? Don't be ashamed of it. That is not what I'm saying. But be Jesus all the time.
0: The questions are going to come if you are doing that and you are living consistently that way. People are going to start talking about it. And it may not even be a question, but just maybe, hey, man, this guy is just great. And be like, yeah, there's a reason for that. Yeah, don't. This is part of my belief system. Don't shy
1: away from it. I mean, if anything, lean into it if you can. But we're going to talk in future episodes about, you know, like kind of what we talked about last episode and we'll expand on a little bit more about like ethically sharing the gospel and, and making it palatable to people. Um, understanding, we, Anna and I understand completely 100% that the gospel is offensive. It is. It's going to rub people the wrong way. But I think as Christians, <laughs> well, far often, far more often than not, we lean into that. We're like, oh, yeah, man, if I can get somebody to hate this, then I've done my job. You know, it's like, but knowing at the end of the day that this is something that we are trying to get other people to subscribe to that don't otherwise. So we have to present it in a way that they will hear it. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked a lot about, uh, well, we've been talking a lot about, I will say, you know, basically speaking in tongues, not shit about a honda or something like that you know it's not this this unknown language that the devil can't understand that's not what we're talking about it's it's literally acts to speaking truth in a manner in a language that the people hearing it will understand and accept it like that's what we're talking about so we're going to help you try to understand and maybe implement some of those ways in your day-to-day life inside and outside of gaming where you can do that so We really hope that this has been encouraging for you guys. Um, That's, you know, some of the stuff has been eye-opening for you. Um, You may have never really experienced anything like this before. But I can assure you that it is, it's out there. It exists.
0: I did want to mention this little uh, scripture. Um, Colossians 4, 5 through 6 says, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person, which means there isn't a one size fits all. Mm. Everybody seasons their food differently. Absolutely. Um, But to being like, this is offensive. I want to shock you into the kingdom of heaven is this is specifically talking about how we interact with the world. Sure. It's talking about outsiders. Shock therapy is not the name of the game no for us right
1: now. not even a little bit
0: <laughs> so you know yeah so if, if it
1: is for you maybe change your tactic i don't know <laughs> or hey report back to us with your findings sure yeah
0: it'd really be interesting to hear that cool
1: well hey we're gonna take a short break but when we come back we're gonna give you our nerdy recommendation for the week and close out the show right here on back row radio Well, to close out our show today, we've got a nerdy recommendation for Pretty you.
0: excited
1: about Man, guys, Which, I, these
0: are all things we're excited about, to be fair. There yeah. are recommendations. Yes,
1: yeah, that's fair. Nobody is strong-arming us into putting anything on... That's
0: right. If you're interested in strong-arming us, please send us an email.
1: Yeah, or money. <laughs> it's called a sponsorship. <laughs> um, but the nerdy recommendation for this week is is Lego Masters on Fox that airs Wednesdays at 9, 8 central.
0: So fun. PM.
1: It's so funny. This, to me, is the best reality television show that has ever existed.
0: Because we have discussed previously that Bubba loves reality TV so much. Yeah. He is uh, currently, he's recently become... Uh, I don't know if you qualify as a, a fan or not, but he's been watching Survivor recently. Yeah. Um, he has always watched things. I like was just on Cake a Survivor Boss.
1: podcast. I think I'm a fan.
0: <laughs> Cake Boss. Whoa, what? Because you're their personal friend.
1: No, I, I'm a recent convert to Survivor. Through How their podcast. Dare How? That you dare you. You
0: listen to it because you became you became a listener initially because
1: yes yes absolutely but still i enjoy that show well it doesn't surprise me
0: it doesn't surprise me because it's reality television but yeah cake boss um oh we love sugar rush we love uh um what's that fail the fail nailed it nailed oh
1: nailed it is (laughs) the best
0: but i mean america's top model yeah project runway top shot it I mean, matter. it can be anything. Bubba, he's he's their undercover for
1: boss. But
0: Lego Celebrity Apprentice Masters, yeah. Lego Masters. Oh, it's the one. Is like the pinnacle for him. It is, and I agree. I mean, it is quite enjoyable to watch. I have been enjoying it.
1: I I get I get dragged into all of these reality television shows. Just I don't know. I I honestly cannot tell you what it is that does it for me, but it does. This one happens to be. Just like the perfect overlap in the Venn diagram, Mm -hmm. okay. I'm not a huge. I don't. I don't play with Legos all the time. I'm not a good builder. Like
0: play with Legos. That was the worst Lego sentence I I have ever. I do not. Let me. Let me
1: fix it. Let me fix it. I do not build with Lego. Okay. I fixed it. Um. You know. So I. I don't do that. Like it's. It's not something that I do very often. I sometimes with the kids and stuff like that. I don't want to diminish it and make it sound like it's for children. Because this show will make you realize that it's absolutely not. <laughs> and we have, you know, Anna, you know, our brother-in-law, um, Anna's sister's husband uh, is fantastic. Like he does this on a professional yeah, level. Yeah.
0: Like as one awards. He's one of the fastest builders in the United States. Yes.
1: Uh, and they were even in the running to be on this show. They this were. particular show. Yes. So like just taking all of that. I'm a little sad that they're not. A little bit, yeah. But
0: that doesn't mean I'm enjoying the show any less. less I don't correct.
1: Think. But I will tell you this. That, so there's the overlap of like this nerdy kind of, you know, reality television show feel with Lego. And then also just the reality television of it. But mm-hmm. then there's a third circle where this is the holy trifecta right here for it's me. The
0: glue that holds it all together. Will Arnett. Will Arnett Batman. He Lego is. Lego Batman.
1: He is so good at being a host because <laughs> he's just Will Arnett. Yeah, it's like, hey man, we've got so a couple of the
0: top all the time.
1: We've got some scripts. We've got some stuff for you to do. Um, and then also you're gonna be there for 15 hours. Just be yourself. Yeah. And he is, and it's fantastic. If you have seen Arrested Development, or if you've seen The uh, 30 Rock, or if you've seen um, you know, Lego Batman, like you were talking about, any of the stuff, like he is just basically himself to eleven in every single one of those things.
0: Yeah, I think with there's also this sort of Jim Halpert element to it. Yeah, he's so got a real great. It's grade. like Batman meets Jim Halpert because the whole self aware, yeah. like looking at the camera <laughs> and talking to you directly, absolutely, um, and saying the thing that we. No needs to be said. Oh, it's he's so just so good. funny.: It's so good. I like it.
1: Uh, he, I really love the way that he goes to Trent, like goes to commercial with the transitions. <laughs> he has one of them an episode, you know, some, maybe one episode doesn't have one, but: uh-huh. um, Do
0: you think it could become too much after
1: I'm not full of it. <laughs> not even close. Um, he do, he's, everything is like breaking the fourth wall, right? because right, right. he's very self-aware. It's very meta. Mm-hmm. what's happening in the show mm-hmm. but he's the only one that ever knows what's going on right none of the other hosts know uh you know like the 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 panelists that you know are the judges they don't know the master builders they, they have no idea uh, none of the contestants know it's always just like will arnett and probably one other producer that know what's going on and that is perfect they will like start rolling real they obviously because cameras are always rolling to catch stuff Whatever. Mm-hmm. Most you of ta- most of the
0: man. well,
1: most of the time your your shows don't want to show you that because they only want to show you the most polished bits, mm-hmm. so that it's like oh, you know, we're a professional television show. They purposefully show you the rolling bits, like r- before the actual contestants get in there or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's like ma- singing or like making a voice or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, are we rolling?" He's like, "Oh yeah, we're no, we're always rolling." <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You know and they're like, oh yeah, no, this is like 15 hours. This is a long time. Yeah, it's like a long time to be here, you know. <laughs> like, yes. everything about the show is just great. Um, there are people to, to cheer for, there are people to boo, um, to root for and against, and all sorts of stuff. The builds are fantastic or gloriously not fantastic.
0: Oh, some of them have been so cringy. Oh man, still better than anything I could build. Oh, 100%. Let's, let's be clear 100%. But yeah.
1: I feel like if you gave me 15 hours, I could do some of the bad ones. Like,
0: I, don't, I could get there. I was not given Lego products as a child because my mother did not like to step on them, which I oh, completely understand. But there is this certain element that if you did not grow up using them, you just don't get the dynamics of how to build things. Nah. The, my kids can build far more interesting and complex things than I can.
1: Caleb's fantastic fantastic. I I mean, for a seven-year-old, good grief. Get out of here, man. I mean,
0: probably not as good as my nieces and nephew, uh, but it's true. pretty decent.
1: Yeah, it's it's a proximity thing. (laughs) But that is our nerdy recommendation for the week. Lego Masters on Fox, Wednesdays at 9 p.m., 8 p.m. Central Time. So just go watch it. If you haven't, give it a shot. It's, again, watch a lot of reality television. It's the best one that i've seen
0: yeah it's good. for me
1: it really just hits it so
0: well be sure to check us out online at lovethynerd.com for articles on all the nerdy things as well as this show our other podcasts and videos and if you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with love thy nerd you can visit lovethynerd.com slash give we are a qualifying 501c3 Nonprofit organization, so all your gifts are tax deductible.
1: And also don't forget, if you are shopping online on Amazon, go to smile.amazon.com. And in doing so, you'll be able to choose Love Thy Nerd as your charity of choice. And that's just a really easy way for you to give to us without doing anything else. A portion of your sale will go towards Love Thy Nerd and it does not cost you anything else to do so. You can also find us on social media at lovethynerd on all major platforms. And as always, right here on Back Row Radio each and every Friday morning. Once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. And we'll catch you next week on another episode of Church Nerds. And as always, if no one else tells you this today, remember, Jesus loves you, nerd.